0: the wind comes sweeping down the plain. Yeah, put them in the hot seat, better grab your popcorn and get comfy while they're talking. The greatest show ever, got the greatest host ever, talking about this statement man, it's the greatest host ever. Baker always got it, and Max is on the hot street. with DJ O'Reo, man, it's the Oklahoma hot seat. Boston, Boston. Yeah. yeah, the Oklahoma hot Better tell your friends to go and watch. Got it?
1: Episode three. We're back. We are. Again. Yes. Welcome, everybody. Oklahoma hot seat. Episode three. Michael, big Mike Curtis is what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, you keep right that there. about.
1: There you go. Yeah. You There there is no cameras anymore. Oh, well, that's good. You just keep that. Just <laughs> the camera adds 75. Cents. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Wow. Well, so we're here um we, we 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 survived a week, but um I would say it's been interesting,
2: probably one of the most interesting weeks in in history yes. recent history for sure most oh, definitely absolutely.
3: New uncharted territory
1: i don't I don't have any facts to go off of, so I know that my house had the flu, so. Right. That's all I know.
2: At least you know what it was.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were tested. So. Is everybody okay? Yeah, we're all good. You're good? How's everybody else? Feeling fine?
3: Oh, yeah. We're good.
1: You're, uh, okay, so not to dive into old stories, but we all know each other from the bar. We all have, we, we all knew each other as a different person. I would say that we are now a different, different people as well now. Oh, absolutely. Most definitely. You are a competitive bodybuilder. Yes. Nice
3: and uh, executive officer of a family-owned therapy clinic.
1: Yes, which uh, so did your your parents started that or your my, dad started it or my, my sister. Okay, I was gonna say because I used to see Facebook posts of you guys just ripping on your dad, but I don't see him anymore. Your dad retired, or
3: he he works from home. Okay, uh, he needs to retire because <laughs> he's definitely paid his dues in life, and we keep him on. He's extremely knowledgeable. In business taxes, uh, things that keep us out of trouble. HR stuff, you know, I'm not good with that. So we, we keep him around for that.
1: Right. So you guys are, you you, you do multiple types of therapies. Uh, you and I were talking, uh, you had talked about uh, spring break coming up and, and what's going on with the state, uh, things that would affect your school kids and stuff right. that you guys, so what exactly do you guys do? And you guys are in Muskogee, correct?
3: Yeah, we're, our, we have an outpatient clinic. It's uh, 4,000 square feet. That's based out of Muskogee, and we just built that out in August. Before that, we had a little office, thousand square feet. We really didn't treat many people in our office, uh, but we in August we expanded. Um, we're right off the bypass in Muskogee, next to Hobby Lobby. So, and there's a gym right next door. We get a lot of traffic, but we that's do. perfect for you. Yeah, uh, convenient
0: yeah,
1: I mean, for you, uh, right? Yeah, we what? I mean, if you if you're coming back, we're going to need to get you a bigger chair.
3: <laughs> but you have so you have physical. Occupational and speech therapy. We do everything from babies all the way up to geriatrics. So we do this in our clinic. We do a home health setting, hospitals, nursing home. We actually staff some therapists for the Cherokee tribe at their clinic. Uh, And then we do schools. And that's been a big part of our business. We we don't, um, we have 14 schools from Muskogee on over to the, the Arkansas state line.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, so you, so you guys are mostly operating just eastern part right. of Oklahoma. And that's good because there's not a lot of bigger towns out that way. So not a lot of, uh, um, uh, I guess, resources available to people.
3: Absolutely. A lot of these schools call us. They're desperate because legally they have to provide services mm-hmm. for kids that are on IEPs or with uh-huh. special needs. And if there's no therapists out there, what are they going to do? Yeah. And,
1: so. and it's pretty big. I mean, I, I struggle with a lot. <laughs> you guys know me personally. Uh, I struggle with a lot of things, dyslexia. Uh, I was huge. To, I mean, uh, so I in Texas, we moved here when I was in fifth grade, and there were a lot of, I mean, my parents got me involved in uh, reading programs in the summer, uh, things like that. Uh, but when we moved up here, it didn't seem like there was many resources like that available. It just kind of got pushed to the side, and it didn't come back up for me until college. Right. So, and and that's a hard time to figure out that you've got this issue and, and there's n- and you've been deprived of
3: resources for a, a long time right and we we definitely found a niche where we could fill a need one of the things that we're working on now is when i was younger elementary school i took spanish and so my parents were very big on culture hey you need to learn you need to learn another language it was great i took enough classes all the way through high school that i clept out of it in college <laughs> And then yeah. I forgot it all. Me oh. too. Oh yeah, so, I was in the same boat. <laughs> so now I am studying Spanish again. I'm yeah. teaching myself using the, the Babbel app on my iPad that, that I got. And I'm doing this because there's a need. There are a lot of parents that are challenged with English language. And they have kids that speak English that are in the school system mm-hmm. that need services. But these parents are scared to ask. They're, they don't know where to go. They don't know who to talk to. We get calls multiple times a week with parents looking for services for their kids, but we don't have anybody that speaks Spanish that can talk to the parent to let them know what they qualify for. Um, There's some great programs in the state of Oklahoma for kids uh, that provide free therapy services. They don't know about them. And so I figured if I could take Spanish, learn that, be able to communicate with these parents at least enough to get their kids some help. So that's something else we're trying to do right now to expand our business and offer better services. Very cool. So what exactly is your job title with all this? What is, what is that you exactly do? I am the chief operations officer. I'm also on the board of directors. So when it comes to the company, our direction, I have a vote in the say of what we're gonna do, what we're gonna accomplish. I handle payroll, billing, uh, invoicing, any of our financial reporting. My dad uh, does the the tax side and the the financial reporting, but I put everything together. I manage the day-to-day business. So I'm actually in the clinic. Man, a lot of times I'm helping the therapist. If they have a kid that's high strung, that's running all over the place, I'm in there. Or if we're teaching a kid to walk, sometimes it's easier to have somebody on both ends of the room that they can go back and forth to. I am I clean. I vacuum. I wipe stuff down, spray everything with Lysol now. Um, I'm, I'm doing all kinds of things. Uh, my Part of my job is also business development and finding new channels for business. As the, the insurance market changes and our world changes, some things fall off, but it creates other opportunities. So we're trying to always grow our business in the right areas so that we can sustain and, and stay alive. So, just a quick question, too. So, like, when you're talking about,
2: like, law changes and insurance things, are these things, like, always changing? Is there stuff that you always have to keep up with? And how hard is that to go, okay, this was an old way. Oh, wait, here's a new way
3: we got to do this. Does this happen a lot? Absolutely. With with every new president, with every new political change, when you go back and forth between the Democrats and Republican, I really don't care. They can sit up there and fight all they want to. I'm just worried about how it affects us, how it affects our patient, and how we're going to survive it. So one of the things they do is every time they come in and they start making Medicare cuts, you hear about that. Um, Medicare is an amazing program for a lot of people that could not otherwise have health insurance. And they get services that they need. They don't have to necessarily go into a hospital and stay there for a week. They can go in, have a procedure, and they can go home, and then we do home health. And so we go out and we're making sure they're getting up, walking around, making sure their bandages are changed. Uh, We work with several home healthcare companies that they actually treat the wounds. They treat the patient, manage medication. We get them up, get them exercising, make sure that they're rehabbing from home. Because a lot of these people don't have family. They don't have transportation. They can't drive. And they're out in the middle of nowhere. And so we send therapists. We have therapists that will rack up. Twelve hundred miles. Oh yeah, we get we here. get
1: them. They come in and they oh, they need uh, a Subaru or you right. know uh, a Kia uh, for the big for the big backs. You know the Kia Souls and yeah. the, the Subaru. Most of them car, now are driving yeah. the the hybrid cars, the electric cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, well, <laughs> cost. It, people in that area, Subaru. I, I tell you, I've sold so many home health people all wheel drive because they, they I need to get to my patients. They need me there. They yeah. they don't they don't have anybody else.
3: Yeah, and that's. Even with what's going on now, that's kind of the good thing for us is we're we're not going to get to take two weeks off. Yeah, patients still need treated. Patients are going to need healthcare in the home more than ever. Uh, and a lot of times, when we're out there, other than therapy, we're keeping an eye on that patient. We're seeing how they're doing. We're checking in on them, making sure their house is clean, making sure they have food. Right. You know, reporting to the families. That good patients. mental state. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean. How are, so in, a, and there's a lot of unknown facts and, and I don't want to get into it, but how is what's going on right now? How,
3: how is that affecting your guys' business? I mean, well, the schools have already talked about closing down. They're closed this week for spring break, mm-hmm. but then they're talking about closing down for an additional two weeks. We have therapists that go in and do school therapy. That's pretty much their only job. Well, if the schools aren't open, they're not doing therapy. The caveat to that is that some of these schools are going to go to an online program, and they do that so that they can continue to get funding. Because if the kids can, if they get so many kids to log in, um, school funding, school budgets are based on headcount. That's why if the weather's bad, outside of safety, they're looking at how many kids are going to call in today. Because if enough kids call in, they lose funding. And so there's a pivot point, you know, a break-even point, where they have to know what percentage of their enrollment is going to actually show up. Well, same thing for a home-based online learning. A lot of these schools have kids that have laptops assigned to them, especially the older kids, not necessarily the younger. And if they can get those kids to log on for an hour, hour and a half a day, then they can get funding for that day as in as those schools in session. Well, if they do that, then they're legally required by law to provide therapy services for those kids. So what we've worked on is a way to go to the homes. Hey, give us a list of kids. Let's look up addresses. We'll make it easy on the parent. We'll go into the home and do therapy. We'll make sure these kids still get the therapy they want. Now, of course, we have to stock up on gloves, mask, uh, hand sanitizer, things like that to make sure that we're sterile as we're doing this because we'll be going into all kinds of different environments. But um, our therapists are, are glad to do it. They're glad to help out because they they worry about these kids. Some of these kids have behavioral issues. Uh, autistic kids if you change their schedule up oh yeah for multiple weeks deal. at a time oh man mm-hmm. it throws them all off and so our therapists want to they, they actually want to go out and do this so that they can help these kids
1: yeah I mean it's good. that's amazing that there it, that there's people in the community that are wanting to do this and that you guys are wanting to do this as well I mean I, I hope that it doesn't last very long for sure absolutely But, I mean, with uh, current election year coming up, there are going to be some changes. Mm -hmm. Are you guys anticipating anything happening?
3: I mean, The changes uh, that took place took place uh, January 1st, and I'm not necessarily privy on the the details. I know it was Medicare changes. Medicare sets the reimbursement rates and, and pay tables for every insurance out there. Medicare is the basis. So when Medicare makes changes, everything else kind of follows suit. Uh, my sister is a genius, Carrie Collier. Whenever it comes to that stuff, she can read it. It makes sense to her. She knows it inside and out. She spends hours. When I'm watching Letterkenny at home trying to unwind, she's reading Medicare rules, trying to make sure our business stays out in front of the changes and stays on top of things. And then she comes back to me, and she translates that back to me, and my job is to figure out, okay, how do I change, adjust, manipulate our business so that we're – you know, we're ready for it. And so that's the nice thing about us is we've got a pretty strong relationship. We definitely fight like brother, sister sometimes. Um, right. Sometimes naturally the, family uh, business. The employees will hear those conversations and their eyes are wide and they just kind of leave the room. But 10 minutes later, we're joking and, you know, laughing up, cutting up and, and taking care of each other. And it's there's a lot of pressure when you own a, a business. When we have, a, you know, upwards of 50 employees we have a responsibility to them as well because that's how they provide for their families.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially with that much of a responsibility, you know, that you guys have to other people that need right. what you guys are providing. So, I mean, uh, did you went to OSU? Yes. You graduated from OSU. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't have an OSU <laughs> thing in here. If you want to get me one, Mike, I'll take it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I have a few extra.
3: You got one lying around? Yeah, you can right. donate. Okay. Boxes we'll... in the garage. We're good.
1: <laughs> um. Did it so. Your probably main focus was business, yes. uh, as a sense of this. You know, you're a competitive bodybuilder, so being in the field that you're in, physical therapy, things like that. So your probably interest, your side interest, your hobby is that of fitness and nutrition and yes. stuff like that. So, uh, are you still competing? I mean, or are you, uh, last, I you had surgery, or you were resting an uh, no, injury, I, or I, something
3: um, right? I tore a pec, and so. Which, cha- which one you, it, <laughs> it seems <laughs> like you have, it seems like you
1: have like two on top of each other. They're very
3: large and you look it's, like you could just the, crack the a minor on with my it. right side. And what happened is, uh, I decided before my 46th birthday that I was going to bench press 500 pounds again. And I'd been bodybuilding lighter weights, heavy rate reps, um, slowing down, trying to be smart. I was like, Nope, mm-hmm. I'm doing this. And I got in there and got under it, put it up twice. Um, And as soon as I got done, I was like, oh, yeah, that doesn't feel right. And uh, kind of felt it roll. It was a micro tear, so it didn't tear the whole pec minor. It tore probably a third of it. Uh, Had a lot of bruising, a lot of soreness for a while. Well, uh, being stubborn like I am, I just – I put ice on it. We treated it a little bit, and I kept lifting. and kept pushing hard and lifting heavy weights, and I was excited because – A month later, I'm throwing up 150-pound dumbbells for 15 on incline, and I'm like, look, look, this didn't slow me down, and then a a couple months after that, what I found is I had developed a little bit of an imbalance, muscle imbalance in that shoulder. The shoulder is a ball joint. It has to be able to move in all directions, and you have to keep the resistance equal in all directions for that shoulder to glide right. So, when I did that, um, it, it caused an imbalance. It caused my shoulder to pull forward a little bit, and it caused some strain across my back and ultimately led to me slipping a disc in my neck. Mm. And that pinched a nerve in my shoulder. I I couldn't even touch my side. So this started very minor. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, it No, it
1: sounded like it started off very uh masculine. Yes. The I I'm going to do this. Yes. Yeah. At all cost. <laughs> dumb. So <laughs> right. it started off very dumb.
3: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I get reminded of this all the time. My girlfriend just shakes her head at me constantly.
1: Yeah, well, we're gonna keep
2: you. So,
3: what's there. the time for you? What's what's your timetable then? Um, I am fully released now, but it took a good eight months of oh, wow. treatment, two to three times a week, and that treatment ins- included stretching. Um, it included a lot of of scraping, other type dry needling, other types of of treatment to get the tension out of there. And a lot of exercises. Nothing like seeing me standing in a, a big, huge guy standing in a PT lab on a balance pad on one foot, holding five-pound dumbbells, shaking because they're too heavy. Yeah, you got to build those core muscles uh, back up. Yeah. Well, it was my rear delts weren't firing. Um, that's, a, that's a small muscle. Yeah, you created a, such an imbalance yeah. and everything. So it took months to build that back up. Um, and it was frustrating. You couldn't out you couldn't lift what you wanted to lift you couldn't lift the way you wanted to lift I did a lot of research and study on bodybuilding without just ridiculously heavy weights and lightweights to me are probably heavy weights to a lot of people but it's I still have to learn to be smart instead of just pushing through and listen to my body I mean I'm not a, a young kid anymore so it, the thing if you get injured it's you're literally it's six months and and you have to take that time or you'll never be right again. So you're gonna get back into competing? Yes. Okay. I, oh, I'm not done. Yeah. By any means, I I love it. That I love face the sport.
1: doesn't even look like a
2: man that's done.
1: <laughs> yeah, you asked him that question. He, said and he that was like, yeah, oh, what, are I, "Yeah? are
3: you kidding me?" He's right. like, "Really?" Man, it's a lifestyle. We still spend every weekend prepping our meals for the week, um, making sure that we're eating healthy. Uh, of course, there for a while when we weren't training, we we probably got a little too loose on the weekends had had some pancakes and some cheat meals that we probably shouldn't have had but we were enjoying life um plus i've been under a lot of stress with the new clinic and business and life itself so uh but man we're back at it now we're lifting heavy we're pushing hard um and i'm ready i'm ready to get back in are into you going to try 500 again uh probably not okay i didn't know some people, maybe no i think no? Okay. No, I don't I don't <laughs> think... Like anywhere in the neighborhood of it, maybe? Well, I, I mean, I can still rep out 405 even now. So I just don't think there's... I don't hardly do flat bench anymore, honestly. Um, I, I don't bench press. I use hammer machines. I use dumbbells. I use cables. Other ways to strengthen those muscles without putting my body under that much stress. So it's just healthier. Well... Did you did
1: you play any sports? As you went to Stillwater, right? What what did you play?
3: Football. Okay,
1: I I, I I believe. I think we've had this conversation before. And I played. uh, I played at OSU too. You did? Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. I I got my school
3: paid for as a deep snapper.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice.
3: Smartest guy on the field.
1: Oh, that's like my dream job. It's like right up there with my dream (laughs) job. My dream job was a bullpen catcher. Oh, yeah. You know why you got paid league minimum and you never you barely saw any games
3: probably saw like 12 games yeah. their, their career length is a lot longer than yeah, else. And you just set on a bucket right caught balls yeah i i actually i picked that up in high school i was a, a pitcher in baseball left-handed and so i can throw a football a long ways of course i didn't have the the feet for it i wasn't fast or anything so um my coach said here i want to see if you can deep snap so i did that my sophomore year and i started all the way through high school as a deep snapper and then my um Junior, senior year was offensive, defensive tackle as well. But whenever I got to college, I realized that in high school, 6'1", 225 was big. In college, you are small. Oh, yeah. These guys are massive. And so I was, I either needed to be a lot faster or a lot bigger because I was too slow for my size. And so, um, but I did, I started my freshman year as a deep snapper. I started for four years. I got my school paid for. I got out of school. I think I owed... I had one student loan at one time for twenty one hundred dollars, and I did that to help my family at a tough point, job transition, and so that's the only reason I took it out. Other than that, I wouldn't have needed it.
1: Nice. So I, I I ask because you're you're doing the bodybuilding, and so growing up, the the training regiment was a lot different then than it is now, as opposed to your training regiment. Then, as opposed to my training regiment, whenever I was training for hockey, of course, right. uh, you know, I train. Th- this took some time to to, to earn. This fellows, <laughs> right, right. I don't know how you made it out without one. Dad bod let Dad bod like this.
2: Uh, lifestyle change.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, like I said, we all have that past yeah, together. All right. all.
1: So uh, I ask because I mean, I'm sure you've seen several advancements in the way things are training. You're eating. What's the biggest thing that's impacting these athletes over this time? Is it the nutrition nutrition
3: or the training? Or is it – it's
1: got to be both.
3: Nutrition. Uh, Obviously, the training gets better, and they're always learning new techniques and things to do. uh, But without the nutrition, none of that training would matter. Yeah, and there's a lot of of nutrition ideas out there. I grew up on macaroni and cheese and tuna. You know, we (laughs) – we had oatmeal for breakfast, and my mom thought we were healthy because we had peanut butter brownies instead of regular brownies. And 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 my my mom was an amazing cook, and and we ate good. But there were times both my parents were in school; they were working full time. My dad's working three jobs. You know, we're we struggled, but the ki- you know, we always had food on the table. We did a lot of hunting, fishing. We ate a lot of deer. We ate. We raised and, and butchered our own rabbits. And yeah, I mean that's just how we lived. But you know, hot dogs, the the. One of my favorite meals is the the Wonder Bread hot dog. (laughs) And so, you know, it's now these kids are getting nutritionists and they're getting speed coaches in junior high and middle school. I know my my daughter ended up going to the University of South Dakota and, and playing softball on a full scholarship. Yep. And she was by far not the best softball player on the field. But she was in high school, she was the best athlete. She got up every morning. She ate her egg whites and oatmeal. Uh, she ran a mile before school. She lifted after school. She she ate healthy. We packed all her meals. And the main reason I got into nutrition when I started studying it was because of her. I was like, listen, kid. Uh, if you want to play, you're going to have to learn to eat right. And, uh, and our body type in our family is big. So I not see that. We're either going to be big and fat or we're going to be big and <laughs> muscle. You don't have a choice. Yeah, And so... That's not a bad thing for a guy. That's hard for a girl, and so man, I did. I, I, we trained with her. We worked with her. We got her into CrossFit for a while. We had her trainers. She was uh, one hundred and sixty-five pounds, five six, and she was back squatting three hundred pounds. She was bench pressing two fifty, and then she was deadlifting three fifteen. Now,
1: just to give you an idea of the difference. That's not even me at my peak, like, right. physical form when I was
3: playing hockey. That's when she was 16. No. So, oh. just to give you an idea of the difference. I'm whenever I went to OSU my freshman year and we did our strength test, I benched 225 twice. And my daughter did it three times for hers. <laughs> no. Right. That's just the difference in kids. And, and you know, you look at, at Tom Brady and – how he's managed to stay athletic for all this time. And it's, it's food, it's nutrition. Um, It's the way you eat, knowing what to eat, staying away from the processed foods, eating whole foods, healthy foods. And, and you know, they can still go out and have a burger or pizza every once in a while, but the majority, 85, 90% of their nutrition is, is whole foods that provide a nutrient. They no longer eat for flavor or or satisfaction. They're eating for fuel.
2: Yeah. Well, and he also understands too. I mean, I talk about Tom Brady, I feel like LeBron's probably in the same absolutely. the same arena with that type of thing. And people wonder, but they've got this strict, you know, diet and rules and workout and regimen that they go by uh, that they're able to, I you know, mean. But this is way different, like you're saying, from when you were training and you, the
3: advancements and knowledge is, is a lot different. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Like, all we knew is uh, chicken and rice, you know. And so, okay, if you ate chicken and rice three times in between your other meals, then you were going to get big, um, it may not be the right type of big, but you're going to get big. Uh, and you see these kids now, they're coming out of high school squatting 700 pounds, and they can run. These kids are, and they're big. And these kids are, are athletes. And, um, you know, I was a decent athlete, but I don't even want to begin to think that I was at that level. Like, those kids are scary good, and it's impressive. And you can tell the, you know, kids see the the value and training younger so that they can get to college so they can build a career out of it. So it's an investment and these parents are just, you know, Hey, if you want to train, we'll train you. If you want a trainer, we'll get you a trainer. You want, and man, these kids are just amazing. I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard some
1: people like saying, Oh, my kid's going to do, he's, he's nothing but keto or they're, they're going to be nothing but vegan. I'm like, look, you just need to figure out what your kid likes right. and work around that.
3: You know, and that was the hard thing, eating healthy with with my daughter. I had to figure out what would she eat? Because if she's not going to eat, it, it doesn't do any good to make it. What would she eat, and what did she enjoy, and then how could I make that healthier? And so you had to find healthy options. And with me, I've been on the same meal plan for two and a half years, and I don't care. I eat the same thing at every, time, every time of the day. But it works for you. It. Yeah, and it's good food, and I like it. But, you know, some people have to have variety, and they have to have things changed up, and to me, that's just – I, the worst thing in the world is, hey, it's lunchtime. What do I want to eat? And having to make that, I don't even have to think about that. I just go back and I pick out my lunch container and I heat it up and I eat it. And I don't even ever waste any energy thinking about what I'm going to have for a meal. Do you, you freeze your meals? Yes. How many, uh,
1: what do you do? How long do you go for? So typically we cook a week at a time. Oh, so your process is just every week you yeah. just, every, every uh, like every, every Sunday, like we're cutting into your meal prep time right now? No, usually we do it on
3: Saturday. So Saturdays is, we, we like our Sundays just to rest and do whatever. You know, if there's family stuff we want to do, we want to do that. If, if we want to go to a movie, we're going to do that on Sunday. Saturdays, we try to rush around and get everything done so that Sundays we don't have to do anything. Um, with the current state of affairs uh, this week, we are actually prepping for – Uh, Three weeks. And so we can freeze all these meals, have them frozen, make more freezer space, uh, be more efficient with our space. uh, Just because we don't know what's going to happen, but we still make the same meals. Right. Once you put them in the freezer and they freeze, they'll keep for, you know, anything over a month, they start to get, you know. Freezer burnt? Freezer burnt and they're not as good. But you can freeze them for a week or two. And then I let them sit out and defrost in the fridge for 24 hours before I heat them up. They taste fresh. Like, I, I love it. it's. It's a great, it saves so much time. We're not big on leftovers in my house. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. But I'm not really a, an amazing cook either, so.
1: I, I love cooking.
3: Well, with as many meals as I eat and what I eat, I just, you know how much time I would spend in the kitchen every day if I tried to cook every meal fresh? It just, there's no, you could never do anything else. Why not just do the meal prep services? Uh Pay, so our meals cost us about between a depending on what the meal is, between a dollar fifty and two fifty a meal. The meal prep services on the cheap end are seven, eight bucks a meal, usually ten, eleven bucks a meal. So I can go buy the groceries and and you know, I'm I still got that that manly thing of I get to sit out on the grill and cook 30 pounds of chicken. And I mean,
1: well, it's an accomplishment, oh, too. Yeah. Ur, ur, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I
3: think Tim, I think, I think Tim Allen's coming uh, to I town, see, too. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that.
1: Yeah. I don't know anymore. So who knows?
3: <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. He gets to perform without that uh, I ground. still hope Joe Rogan's coming. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's my dude. Yeah. I, I listen to more Joe Rogan during uh, morning cardio than anything else. You're a big Joe Rogan fan.
1: Are you doing morning cardio?
2: um sure radio Sure. No. oh we're talking like actually moving
1: or are we talking uh, <laughs> i don't know
2: because you looked at me like are you
1: <laughs> no you do work next to a planet fitness i i,
2: I do I, I i'm not on your level obviously but 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 i i mean i have fun I, you know what's crazy though and people will you know say what you want but after workout i feel great yeah. and i'm ready to take on the day and that's my thing is like being prepared for the day i go work out and you know it's a totally different mindset, totally different attitude. And people are like, oh, no,
3: no, 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 it really does. Yeah, it, absolutely. You know, yeah.
2: It's medically proven, that's, you know.
3: It's antidepressant. You know, you release pheromones and endorphins and you feel better. Uh, you know, morning cardio definitely has a, a process that I go through, this, this mental state that I go through. When the alarm first goes off, I'm pissed. Like, I'm just mad. I'm like, I, that's, for the next three minutes, you're rethinking all your life decisions. And then once you get up and get around every 30 seconds that you're moving, you start to feel a little better. Then once you're out the door, you know, you're just going to. And then as soon as you step on the treadmill or the elliptical, whatever you're going to do, five minutes into it, you feel great. I, that's I catch up on Sports Center or I catch up on Joe Rogan. I'm, I'm watching something interesting. And we do 40 minutes every morning. Now, after that, we go home, get ready. We fix our breakfast. I, I don't do left eggs so eggs have to be cooked fresh every day uh, we do our eggs make our coffee and protein and, and then we're out the door when I do morning cardio my digestion is better my metabolism is better I feel better I'm more productive I usually get to the office that get to the clinic in Muskogee about 7:15 in the morning vacuum the place wipe things down restock things that need to be stocked clean up a little bit and it's you know before eight o'clock when the rest of the employees get there everything's done and I can sit down at my desk and I feel accomplished. Otherwise, you know, I'm hitting snooze, trying to wait till the last minute that I have to get up and shower before I have to get out the door, and if and I, I feel behind. So, for me, it's more of a I'm more productive at work. I feel better. I'm happier. It's
1: I'm just more productive in life. That's what I miss. You know, I always tell I told my wife I was like I want to I want to play men's league hockey again. She was like you. She's like, why do you want to live that dream? And I was like, I go, you know, I, don't, I guess it's not necessarily that I want to live that dream. I miss the training of it because yeah. I I felt like there I, I had a purpose there. You know, I mean, because you, you live you live as a you know college athlete or a student athlete, you, you know, you live it for so long. It's a part of your life for so long. Right. It's just it's hard to get rid of. But, yeah, I mean, getting up, earning earning the sunrise, earning that yeah. day's sunrise and, and, and feeling accomplished and, yeah, it definitely helps your, your state of mind, your mentality, your t- not even your digestive system.
3: When you grew up as a competitive athlete, everything you did was, was trying to be the best. Mm-hmm. And then life hits you. You get married. You have kids. You got a job. Now you're just existing. And so you lose focus on your purpose. And yeah, kids are great. I loved my kids. Um, super proud of them. They've, they, they're amazing people. But for me, what am I working towards? What am I training towards? A paycheck, uh, rent, you know, car payment. What? Do, and so whenever, and the, the first time I competed, it was just to prove to myself that I could. I honestly feel like most people in this world never realize their potential. And they just kind of accept the hand that's been dealt to them. And I, I was like, oh, I just don't have good genetics. I can't be a bodybuilder. And, you know, Scott Burnett, my coach grabbed a hold of me and said, Hey, you can do this. He's older than me. He looks amazing. Uh he said, You can do this. You've got the build for it. And I'm like, I, I do. I got a build for a donut. What are you talking <laughs> about? You know, and and so man, we got into this and just made a few tweaks in my diet, a few tweaks in my workout, the weight starts falling off, and I'm watching my body change every day. And so I did the first show. After that, my my sister who had competed at a national level in taekwondo she used to go to the u.s open she's been to vegas nationals every year um in practice she blew out her knee and so just broke her leg blew out her knee really (laughs) tore her calf i mean she did a good job and it was just jumping over one dummy to kick another one and and she kind of went through a little bit of a depression because all of a sudden she's realizing that she's probably not going to be able to do this forever and that it's probably coming to an end. Um, <clears throat> growing up as a child, she was a, a competitive gymnast. Uh, she actually trained with a lot of the Olympic girls. Shannon Miller down in Edmond. She lived with another family from sixth grade through, like, ninth grade. Um, I know that well. Yeah. I mean. Being in hockey, living with she, families. She's by far the athlete in the family. <laughs> so, man, she was an amazing gymnast. Uh, she set a state record at 110 meter hurdles. She played softball for one season and got a full scholarship to TU. Oh, wow. Play softball. She's super fast. I think she's adopted because nobody else in our family is fast. <laughs> but <clears throat> so then she got into this Taekwondo stuff. She's a black belt. Started competing and it kind of gave her a re- re- renewed focus. Like she had purpose. She was training for something, working towards something. And it helped because otherwise we're just working and raising kids. You're Just going through the motion. Well, then when she hurt her knee and that came off, um, I told her, I said, hey, come to the gym with me. Well, I can't do anything. Uh, you have the whole other half of your body that works fine. So I got her to come to the gym with me and she started lifting and she and I said, the more you lift and the more you move, you release endorphins, you feel better, you'll heal faster, you'll get out of that depression and, and you can see changes in yourself while you're waiting for that knee to heal and then we'll slowly work, work that into it. Next thing I know, for when I did my next show, she competed with me. and so Very cool. Yeah. And she, you know, for me, it was more about me competing with me. But when she was up on stage, uh, the judges, everybody comes up and they're like, who the heck are you? And what, like, are you ready to go pro? Like, you could do this. And she, I mean, she looked amazing. Um, she's literally doing her cardio in a neoprene sweatsuit, running around the house, doing laundry and chores in the morning for an hour and a half. I'm like, yeah. If I can't be on a treadmill and watching TV, I don't want to do cardio. I'm not running around my living room for nothing. I might run to the fridge, but <clears throat> you know that's that's dedication. And I was I was super proud of her. And so <clears throat> she learned that she could actually compete without taxing your body too much. Um, you know, as, as a competitive athlete, serious athlete, she's got titanium rods in her back. You know, she's had. Knee surgery, elbow surgery, all these things going on, and you can still bodybuild. So she was, she was great at it. It was, it was really impressive. It was kind of cool that that's the same show that uh, me, my son, and my sister did together. So it it, it was cool. It was fun. <clears throat> I mean, I w- I will
1: tell you this: the, it seems like the common denominator in a lot of the stories is is that you are uh, an inspiration to a lot of the people in your life. A lot of the people that you work with as well, I will say that. Um, And all the people on Facebook, even though you may rip on a lot of people. (laughs) But, I mean, I will tell you, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you and I have run into each other several times. Uh, Walmart, uh, Quit Trip, uh, Subway one time, no. No, I don't think Subway. No, I don't need Subway. (laughs) No, that was somebody else. I could have told you that. (laughs) No, but I want to say it was like a long time ago. Right. Because you've always been lifting. But you, I mean, like recently...
3: What are you gonna do with it? You know, right. you go to the gym every day. I did it for stress relief. I did it for my escape from life, um, and you know, as we talked about in a past life, I worked a lot of security yeah. in bars. I did it to stay healthy and stay big and strong for for safety. Right. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't the guy out there trying to beat people up. I there's no pride in that anymore. I don't I don't I have a conscience. Right. But. I wasn't trying to get beat up either, yeah. so it's kind of nice to be the biggest guy in the room when you walk in there and know that hey, I'm you know I'm throwing five hundred pounds around, uh, you don't scare me, um. And so I, I did it so that I could make it home safely, you know, and and like I said, the stress relief. And then one day I was like, what's the point of doing this? And I look the same that I did ten years ago. Like yeah. I haven't changed. And so how do I, how do I get out of, you know get what I want out of this process after putting so many years of work into it. And that's where Scott Burnett came in. And it was funny. Cause you know, I was like, man, I don't know if nobody's ever going to look at me and go, Oh, you're a bodybuilder. And he's like, seriously, come on, man. And, and it was funny because ever she's been with me, my girlfriend's been with me since I started this journey and everywhere we went, somebody was coming up to me. going, Oh man, you're huge, dude. What do you do? What do you eat? you know, how many proteins you eat, you know, all that it's, and she would just roll her eyes because we couldn't go anywhere without uh, get gas at quick trip. And somebody was always talking to me. And to me, um, what I saw when I was in the gym was I saw those bodybuilders that walk around like, uh, like they're better than everybody else. Like don't get in my way. I'm, I I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a professional. And, and man, that's not what it's about. I was doing what I was doing to get results, and the more results I got, the more people that looked up to me and came to me. Some people, and, you know, you guys are aware of some of my past, some people came to me for social advice or relationship advice, and I'm laughing, I'm going, really? uh, I'm not the guy. You don't, but the don't thing is. Don't come to me either. Yeah, <laughs> the, the thing <laughs> is, they, they were, they just, they they looked up to me, and I would take the time to talk to them. Like, I was never too busy. And, and, you know, sometimes we'd go to the gym, we'd be on a schedule. Okay, we need to be in and out in an hour and a half. And 45 minutes later, we haven't even started because somebody wants to come up and tell me their story. They want to ask for advice. What's the point of doing something and having people look up to you if you're not going to take the time to actually talk to those people? And if I can help one person, two per, any, whoever I can motivate, that just makes everybody better. Well, I
1: I hope that if more people do reach out to you, I mean, take it seriously and, and, and listen and and take the advice and and don't try to veer off path like me sometimes.
3: Right. I, I never, you know, and and as much time, as much clowning as I do on Facebook, I have never tried to humiliate anybody or put anybody down that has reached out to me for help. They hit me up and, and, you know, my messenger, they're asking for a, Hey, you know, who's a good coach or, hey, do you have some good recipes or, hey, what's a good workout? I will share whatever knowledge I have. Um, I have a job, so I don't do it for money. So I, I'm not going to charge somebody. Sometimes these people are single parents. They don't have extra money. They're just looking for a little bit of advice, somebody to motivate them, get them going. I'm all about it. You know, just let me know what, what can I do to help.
1: Yeah, and by all means, you are not a doctor or a nutritionist no, or no. anything. Just pointing people in the right. direction of what you have found to help you, Absolutely. or could help them, or help them in their in their research process. I will tell yeah. you. I mean, or you, you got anything else? No, I mean i I've I've known
2: Mike for for quite some time, and I pretty much know what I need to know from Facebook. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, that would be just a. And that might be a
3: show for just us, just you us know, three. I, I'll tell you this. I enjoy it. My, I'm not gonna... my approach is there's enough politics, there's enough whining and crying and people fighting on social media and offending other people that if I can make somebody laugh, uh, man, that's that makes my day. I just make people laugh. I want it to be entertaining. I want it to be entertaining for me. Um, you know, and as much as I joke around about, Women or some of the crazy girls, I have an amazing girlfriend and she treats me better than I've ever been treated. And if she says, I want, man, I'm on it because I, I know how great she is to me. I know how lucky I am. And so <clears throat> everything you see on Facebook is purely for entertainment purposes.
1: I think that's the only reason for Facebook.
3: Absolutely. I mean, it's what it should
1: be. We all have a, a woman in our life that keeps us straight. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, my wife your girlfriend yeah Oreo's daughter it's
3: it's a it's a big task you know it's true a funny Very story Very true r- funny story real quick so so <clears throat> this last week um I was scrambling around outside of all the, the the pandemic stuff that's going on in the world I was scrambling around because uh, we're, we're planning on getting married okay congratulations so it's a well, little the yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I, I got it right. I haven't officially proposed got, yet. Okay. So, so you're going to do it right I, now? No, oh, no, no. Come no, no. on. That would have been a first. So we, we have They're done on the casino carpet. <sighs> so I'm, I'm calling around and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do to make this thing amazing? Cause you know, I'm just not creative when it comes to that stuff. I don't believe in big gaudy engagement rings. I don't believe in big public displays of affection and all this stuff, but She's so amazing and puts up with so much crap for me that she deserves the best. And so I'm like, I got to do something big for this girl. So, you know, we're talking at the gym, me and a couple of my buddies. We had actually set it up so that the Oilers, Saturday night, were going to get us down on center ice to do a game, like a contest, an intermission. And I was going to be able to propose in front of everybody. And then they canceled the game. Oh, man. I'm like, man, now I got to start from scratch. And she knows because – She's like, why are people blowing up your phone? Why does Courtney want to know if we've got any other plans? Why, you know, we're talking about all. The, everybody's blowing up my phone. She's like, what is going on? I was like, well, I got to tell you now, because um, I didn't. You know, we're, I'm open with her. I don't ever lie to her about anything. So I wanted her to know why all these friends are just blowing up. We literally had probably 50 people that were going to come to the game to, for this event, and then thanks to a pandemic, I'm not getting married now. So, well, there's still yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think the others who want anymore. Now she reminds me that she's worked too hard to train me. She's not (laughs) ready to start over.
1: Yeah, I find myself, I find myself yelling at my son for the things that people get mad at me for doing, right? And then I, and then, and then, and then my wife yells at my son for the things that I do that he has learned. She goes, "He really is a little husband in training."
3: Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the the great joys of parenting is is uh, all the things that you're frustrated with in your kids probably came from you. Yes, and it's
1: so frustrating. I'm so sorry to everybody. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not you guys. You guys are just
3: yeah. Well, we appreciate it though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I really do appreciate you coming on. I, I th- we weren't punking
3: you. No, I was, this is I was real. Like, hey, this is legit. That's what I said. I was yeah, like, he's hey. like, you guys trying to punk me? And no, was like, no. is, is Ashton gonna show up? What's, <laughs> no. what's going on here? No. I'm, just prepare me so I don't know anything dumb. No, I really appreciate you coming on. This is really cool, and I and I, and I
1: enjoy running into you randomly and and Broken Arrow. So how do we find you on your
2: social media and just give us a rundown, too, of, of you know, location of your job and everything just to refresh?
3: Right. Uh, Access to Healthcare Solutions is the name of our company. Uh, we are at 2244 East Shawnee Bypass in Muskogee. Um, our phone number, uh, 918-684-9999. If you have any questions, want to know how to get a hold of us, they can call us there. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. We don't have... We have a website, but we haven't touched it in probably six years. Nobody uses it. Everybody uses our Facebook page uh, for access, and then the number two healthcare solutions.
1: Okay, we'll, we'll drop we'll drop your links in the in the description here. And like I said, man, I, I really appreciate it. And and I know I wouldn't doubt that you're probably going to get a couple more old is it DMs? Is that what probably it's DMs sliding into the sliding DMs? In there. Yeah, it's it's never appropriate anything. ones, please, yeah. folks. Right, right. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks for guys. coming, man. Being here. We're out.
2: Oklahoma, where the wind comes
3: sweeping Bye, down Mario. the
0: plain. <laughs> yeah, put them in the hot seat. Better grab your popcorn and get comfy while they're talking. The greatest show ever. Got the greatest host ever. Talking about this statement, is the greatest show ever. Baker always got it. And Max is on the hot street. With DJ yo, man, it's the Oklahoma hot seat. Listen or not, listening could be costly. you about me? Yeah, the Oklahoma heart Better tell your friends to go and watch. Got it?